Authentic Life Radio, episode number 64. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Life Radio. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And I am Sarah Rader. How are you, friend? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Good. It's good to be back. It is. Again. Again. We're back. Take two. Two. (laughs) That's what we decided we're going to name this because what did we just say? August 23rd. So two and a half months later. later. Uh, we're seriously back. We're ready to take two. Um, <laughs> no. So when, um, all right, Cliff and I were in Dallas last week um, for the platform conference. And when we had our meetup, I got asked several times. Um, so, and then like Cliff's been receiving emails and, oh, really? and people are asking, where's Authentic Life Radio? Where's Authentic Life Radio? And so I was like, well, here's what happened. So we recorded that day. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was sick one week and Sarah was sick one week and then we had sick kids and then Sarah went to India and then it was Luke's birthday and now I'm in Dallas. And so that's how you get two and a half months without recording is that life happens in the most inconvenient ways sometimes. That's exactly right. <laughs> and um, I didn't even realize it had been that long until we just looked to mm-hmm. see what episode number we needed. And um, Wow. That's a long time. That's a really long time. I mean, time. I, I knew it had been a long time and I, you know, forgot that I had to put a microphone in front, in front of my face. I put my headphones on. I forgot that I needed to put a microphone in front of my face in order yeah. to do this. Like, seriously, that's yes. how much, that's how long it's been. But, you know, you just kind of, you just go with the flow. You get into your groove. You just are going. And yep. so I am really sorry. It, plus, I just don't think the people even really care. Obviously, but they do because I've been getting, yeah. And you, I mean, obviously I didn't know that. And so, because I'm not on this side, that side of, of, of things. So right. I don't, I don't, I just come here and I just sit here and I, I just yeah. talk. See, now, one of, um, I, I just assumed that Cliff sent you the emails as well. Mm-mm. Okay. And so that was my fault for, you um, making that assumption. Uh-huh. So I apologize. Oh, that's but, okay. but yeah, so people are saying, where is Authentic Life Radio? And well, that's where Authentic Life Radio is. It's out making life authentically. <laughs> Hopefully authentically. <laughs> Hopefully it's authentic anyway. Sometimes it is and sometimes, you know, you just stir. Well, yeah, you just go with what you, you have. Just go with <laughs> what you have. So um, in the last two and a half months, um, I've stayed busy. You? Just a tad. Just a tad. Yes, just I a tell tad. You what those kids like to keep us on the go. Yes, yes, they do. Luke uh, played football and baseball. Played football for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Lydia was doing cheerleading, and I went to India. And um, and in the midst of all of that, our house stayed upright. I'm it did excited to say mm-hmm. all of the creatures stayed alive, um, except for two hermit crabs 
but it was time it's we've had them for a while so i i can kind of understand why they died uh we got a rabbit we got rid of a rabbit now we have two kitties in their places that were rescued from a dumpster let's see here what else can i add to this whole menagerie of creatures and stuff so anyways we have um yeah it's just been crazy crazy right so and ours we just started into august which was you know dance starts back in august and um obviously megan and mckenna their amount of homework like baffles me and it's it's ridiculous but um so just going with the you know the busy pace that that we are keeping um mckenna started musical theater which she is absolutely loving um they're doing it at her dance studio oh that is Um, cool she brought home she brought home a paper on um the Wednesday before I left for Dallas, mm-hmm. like three days before we left, she brings home this paper that it's starting on Saturday. And I'm like, well, great. I leave to go out of town Saturday. And I, the paper didn't have very much information on it at all. I'm like, well, I will find out about it for you. I promise She She was so inter- interested in this and wanted um, to know more about it. So I'm, I'll find out about it for you. Don't worry. I forgot. Oops. <laughs> I'm literally calling the studio from the airport to find out what time how much you know what sure and um and so she ended up going loved it mom musical theater is amazing that's so awesome and um and so they are they're singing they're dancing i mean they're really learning about performing and um, that so fits her personality it really does mm-hmm. and if i can get her into an outlet for that drama i think that I might be able to survive the next, you know, four years with her much easier than I did those same four years with Megan. That's I mean, that's so exciting because it really does fit her personality. She is such a little actress in the sense of just she makes things up. She likes to make stories and and tell things and just her theatrical just she is theatrical. She is very theatrical. And so last Saturday, they spent a lot of time singing. So she came home, she gets in the car and she's like, mom, my throat hurts. <laughs> we, we sang the whole time. And so she was telling me, you know, the little um, voice um, exercises that mm-hmm. they do to, you know, open up their voice. And so it was, it, it's so fun. So between, you know, the regular dance and now the musical theater that she's doing and Megan's in the Christmas ballet, I really, dance is all we do. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. If Matthew signed up for something, He'd probably be late all the time. <laughs> like somebody would be late all the time. Yeah. 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 It is. It's crazy how I was talking. Uh, I think I think I did say this to you. I, I don't have a life outside of what my kids do, yep. but then I wouldn't have a life. So I don't know. Right. I don't know what it's kind of one or the yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure how to how to reconcile that. Mm-hmm. I think that I can see how women kind of end up finding their identity and their kids, not necessarily on purpose, but just as just, this is the season of life, you know, and especially um, from somebody that doesn't have a job outside the home, um, you just kind of, your, your friends kind of end up being their friends, parents. And Mm -hmm. I mean, just because you're just always together, always together or, you know, doing things or whatever. And it's really, really hard to, to just kind of do your own, to do your own thing because you're so, uh, caught up in what they're doing it really takes a concerted effort to to find out what you like what okay what I want to do what mm-hmm. I'm interested in I'm trying to really figure that out again what things really interest me and what am I passionate about and what things are 
you know, what's important to me as as a woman, right? Not as a wife, not as a mother, um, but as a woman. And I'm really trying to go back to, okay, when I was a little girl, what things did I really, really enjoy doing? And so the one thing that I've caught, kind of remembered is I love to read. I have always loved to read. I find it very, very incredible. I find it relaxing. I love to learn. I love um, whether, I mean, so, but I'm thinking, well, is that good enough? Like, <laughs> really, Sarah, you, you love to read. That's like, yes. like, that's what you love to do. I lo- and I love to help others. Like, I love that feeling. I remember when I was a little girl and my mom would be doing grocery shopping. Well, I would, I would, Helper, but one of my favorite things to do was when there was an older person sitting like on the on the seats mm-hmm. there that they couldn't shop or whatever. I would love to go over there and sit and talk with them because I felt well, what if they if they're lonely or whatever? That I loved to do that. I, I remembered that about myself. Um, so I like to help people, um, and so I'm still I'm just trying to remember the things that I really enjoyed as a little girl because. There's something in there that I'm finding that since we haven't recorded for the past two and a half months and I haven't been involved, like, I mean, I've been going um, to a church building, but I haven't been involved with church activities. And, mm-hmm. and that, you know, that's been something that I've done for a long time. Obviously, I went to India. That's a totally separate story and a separate, totally separate thing that I'm still processing. But um, what are the things that I that I don't, I don't want to find myself identifying with, like, I don't want to be this, I just, who's Sarah, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's just fascinating for me to try to figure out these passions, the the things that God put inside of me that makes me, me. So I think that I've always, and I know that I've talked about this, but I've been trying to get everybody else's approval, mm-hmm. you know, tell me what makes me good. Tell me what, what gives me worth and value. And so I've been going to other people to, to get that. And now I'm like, okay, God, I want to know what you put inside of me, what, why, what I'm passionate about. And so I, it's funny that I don't even know. Yeah. Do you struggle with that? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I do. I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, um, I don't, I don't, I don't think like what was I interested in as a kid because quite honestly, my, my childhood was traumatic and I don't remember being interested in anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm like, well, I've been on that similar journey and, and I'm just kind of like asking God to make it up as we go along because right. I don't have anything to go. But you know, when I was a kid, I, de- I definitely didn't go sit next to old people. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and and I had some hard things that happened to me too. We right. we um we moved a lot. Yeah. You know, I had some some things that were deep wounds in me yep. growing up. And so I think I don't know either. Right. And I think that yeah. that's what, you know, you know, you hear about kids that say I wanted to do this. I always knew I wanted to do yeah. this growing up or yeah. you know, um I had this word spoken over me and like this was, you know, I just, I don't have that. I don't. So I'm like, okay, God, I was reading, I'm reading this book. Can you believe I'm reading a book since I just talked about this? I would have never imagined. But I totally highly recommend this book. So it was really cool. I got back from India. I needed to get out of the house because to be constrained where I was in India, you were either on a bus or in a hotel or in a, 
it, we traveled a lot. And when I say you travel a lot in India, you're on a bus um, with a lot of honking because honking is all you hear in India because there are no roads, no road signs and no rules. There are no, there's nothing. And um, India and we went to Calcutta and in India um, is the populate Calcutta has the population of Canada inside it. And um, there's just people everywhere and animals, dogs and cats and cows and goats everywhere. And when I, they're just, they're no, there are no rules. Everybody just does as they please. Um, and I've just never seen such mass chaos before in my life. When I woke up in the morning, every morning, my eyes were totally covered in gunk because of the pollution. Um, and I just felt like a bomb had gone off and I was living in a disaster area. And this is where these people live all of the time. And I hit, I just couldn't believe that people actually live like this all the time. And it was just so, so difficult. And um, I don't really remember where I'm going with this. Can you help me remember? I'm just thinking again I about know, I India. I got lost in your story. Um, but anyways, India, it was just. You were reading. Can yes. I imagine you were reading? Yes. So anyways, so they thank you. So I, I, so I, we, we went to several places, um, our main objective in India was um, the church that I'm um, that I'm involved with right now. They have a they're they're supporting homes to help girls who have been trafficked in the sex industry okay. to get out and to help them reclaim the lives that that have been stolen from them. And um, so we we did um, some some incredible work with these girls. Just and not that we did anything. It was basically them. We get to, got to see what God has done in their lives and um, to see the darkness that's all around. And then to see the light that these girls have, it's, it's a miracle in and of itself okay. because to know what has been taken from them and to actually see that they, that they have hope. And I mean that they have hope, like I'm saying that you can see it radiating from them mm-hmm. is a miracle in and of itself. And so we got to go into their to these homes and and witness the power of Christ. And because they're um, they have never heard the name of Jesus before, but because um, India is all Hinduism. And what's interesting about Hinduism is they have lots of gods, and Jesus is is an acceptable god, but um, he's just one of many. Right. But when you understand that there's only one God that can actually change anything. And that became apparently clear to me even more than I ever knew because um, what's there in India right now um, is just mass chaos. And what we have here um, is based on biblical principles. And I have, and I will, I have no problem saying that now we are so blessed to live in a country that was based on do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, Because I would see people walk by people that were dying and starving and they could have cared less animals that are dying and starving and they don't care. They just walk by them. It's just normal everyday stuff. Um, and it, it's just that it's just how they they've been raised. You have people that are called untouchables in India because of the caste system. And they literally are d- dirt because of the family that they've been brought up in. They deserve it because of what they've done in a prior life. Women are, raped every day and if you are born into a family that 
says that you were born to be a prostitute, well, then that's your life lot. You are born to be a prostitute, no matter if you're seven, eight, nine years old. And so to see all of this and to see millions of people starving and, and just to see all of it, it just, it's overwhelming. And I, this is probably the most I've talked about it because I haven't been able to process it all. And, um, even this much later, but, um, so to come here to America and to, to even drive a car and to not hear honking <laughs> was, was an incredible to see road signs, to see, um, I don't, have a problem with animal shelters right now because, and and I'm being honest because they're in a safe environment and um, they're being taken care of. They're being humanely taken care of. Um, Just, uh, it it was just, I don't know. It's totally changed my perspective on so many things, but um, so I just needed to get out of the house. And um, I I, um, went to, um, was just walking around our streets, just, and our sidewalks and just being so thankful that I'm safe as a woman to walk because women aren't safe there to walk on the sidewalks by themselves. They, they will be groped. They will be because they're just nothing there. I don't care who they are. I don't care. They're just nothing. And, um, so, um, I went into Barnes and Noble and I was just thinking, okay, God, if you have something in here, because I felt led to go in there, you know mm-hmm. how you feel mm-hmm. that, that lead. Yeah. And I said, if you have something for me, um, I'll, I'll take it. And so I, um, I found this book by Bob Goff, G-O-F-F, and it's called Love Does. And I tell you what, he is one of the best, um, he has the, some of the best stories I have ever read. He, it's, he talks about how he lives just by the law of love and, um, and the way he's raising his kids and um, he and his wife, he calls her Sweet Maria, and um, it's just the coolest He's just, he's just the coolest thing. I, I, I don't even know. He just, it, yeah, it's just amazing. And um, it's totally, it really reiterates the law that love transforms and um, have no idea where I was going because I'm talking about India and I know that more things will come out, but right. um, you guys could probably, if, if maybe if went on a tangent, I know I did, but um. I would just highly recommend the book Love Does by Bob Goff okay. and um, and just take in the stories. Like I'm reading them to my kids. Like they're that good. Awesome. And they have, they're just about living life to the fullest every day. And, um, and he does that. And it is just so incredible. Very cool. Yeah. India is you you know Francis Chan mm-hmm. he he read he wrote mm-hmm. Crazy Love and and everything I actually picked up a book by it was called Slumdog No More I was in okay. half price books and I just saw Slumdog real quick and um so that's what they're called they're called slum dogs in India mm-hmm. these people that are untouchables because they're in dogs are nothing in India as well and they live in slums the people mm-hmm. so they're called slum dogs and um. So anyways, but he was saying that he's been all over the world and India is the hardest place he's ever gone. And I was like, well, way to start off on a place to go out of the country and go minister somewhere, Sarah. Right. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Hmm. I can't, I can't, fa- I mean, you know, really but it's helped them. me grow up. That's yeah. what I can say. It's helped me grow up because Andy and I got, we're together at 18 and yes. we've done, I've done everything with him. You know, I, I just, it's amazing to me how much I re- have relied on him and just on other people so much. And, um, the, you know, the, 
the thing that I've always said is that God holds my right hand. And I know that I even have a tattoo now on my, my right wrist of, and that has never been more true to me because I went to India, not knowing anybody in my group because, you know, I, I, Mm -hmm. I I didn't know anybody and never being out of the country like this. I mean, I've been to the Bahamas, but really, right. And, um, and to Canada, but that's nothing either. And, I told I had to do everything by myself. I had to be confident, not really by myself, but had to rely on God and his spirit and his strength to do all of this. And it's never been he's never been more real to me than now because I know that that wasn't me doing this by myself. Right. And um it was an incredible experience. And just so you for me this is a huge deal probably for a lot of you people out there that 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 you'd be like really Sarah, but I even went and I've done it twice now. I went and sat in Chick-fil-A and had a meal by myself and just sat there and I wasn't uncomfortable. That's incredible. Yeah, I wasn't uncomfortable. I actually enjoyed it. I knew that I knew that I wasn't really by myself, mm-hmm. but I, I was just like, this is awesome. That is so cool. I, I'm comfortable to like we drove downtown to a certain place downtown to go. I took Luke by myself. He and I um, it's a, kind of an uncomfortable place. Mm-hmm. Um in Kentucky, uh, more, um, just a little bit lower income and things get stolen down there and stuff like that. And Luke was like, are you scared? Mama was like, no, this is nothing. <laughs> this Good. is just nothing. Um, uh, yeah, there's just so many things now that I'm just like, you know what this, this just absolutely means. Nothing. Yeah, it's right. nothing. Um, and my faith has just increased immensely, um, from just going and, and trusting God that, He's got it under control. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. It's truly incredible. Yeah. There's so many more things Amazing I could say about experience. India, but I don't want to take up the time. Well, is, if you quite can, honestly, it makes anything I have to say like very shallow. <laughs> no, not really. You know what? No, I think that that's a struggle that I am having. I'm not saying it is. I mean, you had an amazing experience, an amazing experience. My experiences over the last two months have been completely different. They're just different. They're just different. That's all. Yeah. That doesn't make them shout. Each of us. I mean, I think God takes us on different Different journeys. journeys. Absolutely. He does. So can I, well, so when I got back, it totally, obviously. Did it come back to you? What's that? Needed to get out of the house? No. No, that didn't come back to me. I have no idea where I was going with that and how I was going to tie in Bob Goff's book and everything, but I was reading, but Oh, I, maybe I did because I was talking about the things that I find pleasure in and mm-hmm. that I'm passionate about. Yeah. And so he's talking about maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what I was talking about. Was. Very good. But then I have another story real okay. quick that he was talking about helping his kids find what they're passionate about and, and all of these things. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm passionate about, but I'm going to find out. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to find out Absolutely. because God has instilled something in me and it's, he's not done with me yet just because I'm 36 years old. Right. And it's, a, and it's a process. It is. It's a process. And, um, and I love that God took me on this trip. I can be 36 years old and he's still pursuing me. He's still molding me. He's still shaping me. He's still doing all of these things with me. And, um, and he still delights in me and, I don't have to get it all perfect. I don't have to be, you know, I don't have to have it all together. And, and he's willing to just take it. He knows how, he knows how to do it with me, you know, Absolutely. and he knows how to lead me. He knows, Absolutely. he knows how to take me on this journey and this adventure. And, um, cause we've all had different things happen, mm-hmm. whether we've chosen them, whether, or whether we haven't, you know, 
been a part of it. And so he, he's patient and, um, and he's willing to, you know, use those things that we have chosen or we haven't chosen for our good. And he takes us along and, and says, that's all right. I gotcha. We're, we're good, you know? And, and so, yeah, it just, this book is incredible though. Okay. I, 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 would like to read it. I have another book that I'm reading first. Um, I would love to be able to tell you the name of it, but I can't remember it right now. <laughs> yeah, I have. I have some, that's all right. Jinx. I have several those. So when I got back the day the day after I got back, I'm out driving mm-hmm. again, and I tell you what. Okay, so you know that in my pond right now, I have Uncle White Goose. Yes, and I love I Uncle do. White Goose. They even built a bridge there that I've named Uncle White Goose Bridge. Okay, I'm even going to decorate it for Christmas. I'm going to put a put a wreath there for Uncle Wackus. I asked Andy if he would help me. He's like, sure. I don't know if it's going to be like this midnight rendezvous thing or what. <laughs> but so nobody knows. But that I'm going to put that. Yeah, because yeah. I just, I want something. Spe- I, like, that's how much Uncle White Goose means to me. Yeah. But, you know, White Duck yes. meant it was Everything. incredible yeah. to me because he really ministered to me at a time when I felt so alone. So the day after, I, I mean, there's nobody. Okay. There's never been a White Duck there ever. Right. The day after I got back, there was a white duck. There was a white duck at the pond and nobody had seen it. My family hadn't seen it. I said, and so we pulled in and I said, Lydia, has this white duck been here at all? And she said, no. And I, I asked Andy and cause, and he said, no. And, um, and so I was just in shock. So I'm trying, I want so badly to get a picture of it. I, and I have the slightest little picture on my camera cause it kind of swam away from me and I really couldn't get it. But I have this picture of it. So, um, but it, fl- but it flew away. I didn't know white ducks could fly. I didn't think they could fly. You okay. know, I don't know. <laughs> right. So I've looked it up. I, I really didn't know. I mean, somebody, maybe somebody knows. I really, okay, this is how stupid I am, but I really didn't think because the other two white ducks didn't fly. They just stayed there. Mm-hmm. And so my percep- my perception was, was that they didn't fly. Well, this one ended up just flying away. And I was like, well, while I was there and I was like, it'll come back. I know it'll come back. It'll come back. I went back every day for a week to see if it, because I drive there, but mm-hmm. I just kept looking and looking. It's never come back. It was there just that one day. Just the one day. So today um, I'm driving and I said, and I realized that I was like, okay, God, what about that white duck? Because I, I, I'm just curious about it. And um, when I was going through that hard time, it was like white duck was there to minister to me mm-hmm. and help me in my aloneness. And it was almost like God was like, it's time for you to fly. It's time for you to stop being alone. It's time for you to, it's time for you to get up and, and to do something. And I give you permission. And he took me through a season of being in a desert place. And I needed to be, I needed to be humbled. I needed to be um, alone. I needed to be all of those things. I really did. You know, I needed to realize that he was all I needed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, there's, I, I know that there's a time and a season for that. Um, and I am living proof that, he can strip everything away, everything that you've relied on, everything that you think that you need, and he becomes your everything. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm just living proof of that. And I just think that he's like, okay, Sarah, you've learned. I, I know I will continue to learn that lesson, mm-hmm. but I think he's saying it's okay for you to fly. Absolutely. Um, and I want you to fly with me. It was very interesting that he would use again a white duck. a white duck. So I think that might be your thing. Well, of course, it's my thing. <laughs> it's my thing. 
But I cannot believe that the day after I got back from India, there was a white duck. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You told me about the white duck. Yeah, I know. Had lunch that Tuesday, which was the last time I've seen you. Yeah. Was the Tuesday when you got back. So, which has probably been almost a month, right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, there you have it. That's why we're so... (laughs) So, um, when Cliff and I were in Dallas, I was... Two two things. Two things. Number one, I couldn't believe how many people didn't. I don't know. It just seems a natural assumption to me. I'm married to the podcast answer man. Um, I couldn't believe that people didn't know that I would have my own podcast or not my own, but our podcast. Right. Okay. right? Uh-huh. Um, I was in complete shock at the people that who didn't just know that I would podcast as well. That's interesting. It was. What, it was so what did they say? Uh, I mean, what, or, they just couldn't believe. So y- you do it too. You you have a part. Po- like, um, yeah. <laughs> just Yeah. It, I'm married to the podcast answer, man. I, I can't I imagine, imagine mm-hmm. not. I mean, and um, I can't imagine not having mm-hmm. my voice out there, even when I think nobody's listening. Although you don't need to tell me you're listening because I know that there are people listening. Um, but so couldn't believe how many people just, did, I don't know. That's to me, it's an, uh-huh. it, to me, it seems like an easy assumption. Um, but you know what I just said about assumptions earlier? Yeah. The same, same rule applies, but right. The other thing I, um, got asked, I can't even count how many times somebody asked me this question, but I'm going to start it with a little story first. Okay. Okay. So, um, way back when, um, we decided to end, um, full-time mom as the two of us. And, um, I continued to feel the nudging in my spirit that I had to, to step out on my own. I I had to fly, so to speak, Mm -hmm. that I had, I had to keep going on my own. And, um, and then I came to um, the same realization that that the full time mom wasn't really going anywhere for me um, at that time. Like it was just my ramblings about random things and the full time mom or yes, full time mom. Okay, when I'm I was sorry. doing the full time mom by myself. Oh, the full time mom by yourself. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, no, yeah. When I was doing it by myself and decided to end that podcast, it was because it was just it was just my ramblings, and I felt like I was. Um, I was sharing the same things in all these different places. The only thing different was whether it was just my voice or someone's voice joining me with their thoughts interacted into my same happenings, which was getting old for me. (laughs) So I decided that that the full-time mom was going to end. And, um, but I have to tell you that the, the nudging in my spirit from God that I'm supposed to be doing something has never left. I've ignored it for quite a while. Uh-huh. I've hid from it, in fact. Um, but that that nudging has never left. So with that said, I am constantly aware that God has a greater plan mm-hmm. than I've wanted to acknowledge. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So the question that I kept getting asked when I was in Dallas was, when are you going to write a book about being married to him? When are huh. you going to write a book about me? And I've teased Cliff for several years now that I was going to write a book being married to the podcast answer man. Huh. Uh-huh. Like 
that was going to be that was going to be my book. That was going to be my thing. Here we go. I'm laying all your dirty secrets out for everybody to have, which I really wouldn't do. But um but I got asked that question over and over and over again this past week. And um so I started just asking God questions and praying in are you trying like are people just teasing me or are you trying to ask me when I'm going to get off my butt and do something and um so through prayer and talking with Cliff and just working things out in conversation with my husband and um my heavenly father have found what will be my platform so to speak because that's the conference we just came from uh-huh. and um and it will be about uh, you know the saying um the saying that behind every great man mm-hmm. is a great woman yes and that is that will be my platform mm-hmm. um it's not titled yet because god hasn't told me what to call it yet. yes but um but sharing from my perspective um being married to an entrepreneur who um, I still sometimes when my husband comes to me and says, I've been thinking or I have an idea, you know, something inside, like my stomach kind of falls yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and just so just having that place where God has answered for me what it what it is. That's cool. That will be next. Mm-hmm. Just figuring out how huh. that is all supposed to come. That's together. very interesting. So it, it's it's. It's very interesting. I'm, I'm very excited and I'm I'm quite scared to death, honestly, because Cliff and I were talking about this um, and he's like, well, OK, so you're telling me these things and you're telling me. And do you want to be, you know, is what you want to do being in the forefront, being in the front? Do you want to be the number one or are you happy to be, you know, the number two who's behind the scenes doing the other stuff? And I'm like, no, I I, I I'm being called out of my comfort zone to be a number one. So watch out, Cliff, because you're about to be a number two. No, I'm just kidding. That's funny. I'm kidding. But um, yeah, so it's exciting and scary and fun and mm-hmm. just kind of feeling my way around what will be, what that will look like, because I have no idea what it will look like what will be happening and going on, but I'm excited. That is exciting. And you know, Andy and I've, Andy and I've talked about this because I mean, Andy mm-hmm. has his own yes. business. Yep. And um, it was very scary to support him through it mm-hmm. and to continue to do it. And I struggle with um, supporting my husband and my kids and all of their endeavors. Right. And feeling like I'm a number two, Two, mm-hmm. three, or four. Four, <laughs> right? In my life. Yeah. But God's teaching me that that's not true. You're right. Um, and even if I would stay in number four in my family, so to speak, in that in, in Christ's economy, the last are first. Right. And, um, and as long as I keep that in perspective, then... My family continues to thrive. Absolutely. What your family doesn't know 
is that you're actually number one. Right. Because they wouldn't be able to do anything that they do and they without learned, you. They learned that in India. Right. My, my Andy had to call in my mom to... To, to clean the house. To, well, to do a lot more than that. But to... to yeah, I mean, yeah. just to get everything just in order. And yeah. so I think that in order for our families to thrive and to grow and to, and for our for our husbands and our kids to be who they are called to be we've got to we've got, we have to be this foundation Absolutely. we have to have this strength we have to have all of these things and um it's something that i talk you know that i that god continue continually encourages encourages me with that if if we as women understood mm-hmm. that that we have this that we are foundational, that we are the emotional temperature. I mean, we have this, we set the emotional temperatures in our homes that, and, and all of these things that we could, (laughs) we could honestly change so much. Absolutely. And, um, I mean, you know, I think that that's incredible. Um, I mean that that's in and of itself. I have no idea what you're going to do with it, but, Mm -hmm. or if you ever need a, um, guest yes person. i i could, absolutely I, or if you ever want to talk about it here it's funny cliff and i already talked about that oh okay well you know <laughs> me being a guest i would love that that would be a great conference i know we have um we've talked about um at one point we were saying we would call it um a great woman but um i'm that doesn't feel right Mm-mm. um anyway so but he was like that would make a great conference and you have all these things we have already written out what will be um, the outline for my first um, talk mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it sure. that I would give. Um, and it, it's it's worked two ways. One is if I was giving it to a group of wives and two, if I was giving it to a group of men. Oh, I think that that would be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so it's so exciting and so the right fit for me. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is, um, number one, it's something that I've done and, am and continue to do Mm -hmm. and, um, feels so right. So right. Mm -hmm. Well, it's something that you, that you have done or we have done, but I mean, but Mm -hmm. that's what we've done full time. Right. I mean, that's just who we have been called to, to Absolutely, be. and it's funny because it's funny that I said at the beginning of the podcast, "This is what I've done," and God's saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. we had not talked about this nope. at all." But for me to say, God's saying, "Okay, Sarah, what are you passionate about? about?" My passion is you're passionate about. Yeah, my passion is to encourage and to teach and to help people mm-hmm. grow. Well, that's interesting. I just came up with that, but it really is. <laughs> it you didn't just come up with that, honey. You've been saying it for years. God just now reminded you. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> But it is. I, I have a heart for people. You do have a heart for people. Yeah. You do. Um, but I love to teach. I love I love it. I yeah. I remember lining here's something else I just remembered. I remember lining up my stuffed animals and teaching. That's what McKenna's doing right now. That's yeah. what she does right now. Yeah. And sometimes I get lost because I don't know if she's talking about what happened in her day at school mm-hmm. or if she's talking about what happened while she was teaching her build bears. Oh. she she teaches her bears and she mm-hmm. tells me the lessons and stuff so that's cool yeah very imaginative to that one yeah it's fun i when i got and another thing that happened that was really really cool and it's such an awesome honor for me I, and i have no idea but um how this happened but i got back from india mm-hmm. and my alma mater 
Johnson University called and they're having a women's conference and um, they they have a women's retreat every year. Mm-hmm. And they said, uh, we we heard that you're, te- that you're teaching and um, wanted to know if you do a workshop. That's that awesome. Like, and I was like, yeah. to, but to be called back to your university yeah. is an incredible thing. It and is. I'm just like, I don't know. It was just, again, that reminder that God's like, okay, Sarah, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing what you're, I don't know. It was just such a neat experience. Made to do. Yes, made to do. But I've been fighting it for the longest I'm time. I'm telling you, I know. Because, you know, you just don't feel adequate. Um, I don't feel adequate. I don't feel um, good enough. I don't feel, but God's like, I, not, I don't think any of us feel good enough. No. To do certain things, at least I don't. I, I don't. I've never felt good enough. You know. I absolutely. I I I totally know. And um, even when I was teaching, like um, through Bible study, mm-hmm. it would be in, in a group of you know two or two hundred women and on a stage for forty for forty minutes, and I would talk and I would I would feel alive on the stage. I would. I would just. Mm-hmm. I would love it. Then I would come out come down, and and I would know that. I would, I mean, it would be what I was created to do. Mm-hmm. Then I would come down and I'd be you're like, good at it. well, I appreciate that. But I would come down and I'd be like, did anybody like that? And then I would, then I would be like, God, don't ever ask me to do that again. Yep. Please don't ever ask me to do that again. And then, you know, what's been so nice about podcasting is that, you know, nobody's here. You're in front of me, but right. I don't have to think about that. I can just be myself. And, right. and it's just, I think part of the reason why Sometimes I've both you and I, I'll just be really honest, mm-hmm. both you and I fight against podcasting is because we're scared of what could come from it. I think you could very well be absolutely right. <laughs> or or we believe that we don't have anything to say. Yeah. Or we believe the lies that that get stuck in our head that that no one's listening. Mm-hmm. No one cares. Um, there's nothing important that I have to say. Mm-hmm. Who wants to listen to me? I mean, these are the lies that I believe. Oh, I believe them too. And and so, I mean, I totally agree with you. And I think that that, that could be a very big part of why we fight fight it. And um, and we're not looking for anybody's affirmation. We're just no, no, no. That's not just that's, that's talking it out, talking it out loud yeah. because we don't talk. We haven't talked about this. Or, no, we really haven't. Or put ourselves out there um, to say that. It's funny how these microphones end up being therapy. <laughs> for for me personally yeah. um and i don't know why but i think that it's but i think that that's just what this microphone helps me to to do to open up and process mm-hmm. without interruption interu- yeah because <laughs> i think this is about the only time that we have like we're actually sitting down we are without we're facing each other mm-hmm. so there's eye contact yeah, not a bunch of people all around us. We don't have errands don't have to run to or do anything, children. right? <laughs> it's true. Although they do get out of school in like twenty minutes. Yeah, oh, but you know, that. still twenty but, minutes, right? But um, but yeah, I think you're you're onto something there. Hmm. I think it's nice that, and I want to say um, that I appreciate that. we both have husbands who would encourage us to mm-hmm. find our voice sometimes. And I'll be really honest. Sometimes I don't feel like that from Andy because he's off doing his own thing. Uh, right. And I, 
and I don't think it's not because he doesn't want me to. It's just because he knows what he likes and he just goes and does it. Yeah. You know, and. And he and he just and he's so he's when he's passionate about something, he's passionate about it. And mm-hmm. um, and he's confident and everything that I would like to be. I think Andy is that's, that's kind of how I view him. Right. And I just feel sometimes so inadequate next to him. And but he needs to be those things in order to be the provider. Right. And I, and I, so I appreciate that. Um, but I know that if I went to him and I said, this is what I want to do. This is what God's calling me to do. This is what he would be there in an instant to support me and to encourage me. But I'd just never been like, okay. Yeah. Because I'm not confident enough. Well, you need to get over it because you've already been told it's time to fly. I, I get that. I get that. And that, that's what I'm trying to say is that I don't know where it's time to fly to, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to, I'm willing to spread my wings and to see where, it, where I'm supposed to go. Right. Uh, and, and I'm tired of just, you know, having my wings by my side and waiting for the wind. I mean, and you know, there's probably been like lots of wind that's come by and I've just had my wings here been like, so you've missed it. Oh, absolutely. I feel yeah. like sometimes. And at the same time, I don't think my character was ready mm-hmm. either. Do you know? Absolutely. I think I know what you mean. I needed, I, there's a lot of character shaping that needed to happen in order, in order for me to be able to soar the way that God wants me mm-hmm. to soar. And that means to depend on the, his wind, not my own. Right. And, um, and that doesn't mean that I'm not going to fail and I'm not going to fall, but that's okay. It's, it's okay to fail. I, I think I need to know that too. I, it's, that's a hard that's hard for me. Andy could care less what people think about him. Right. I know. And, and, and I don't think I would be out speaking out for Cliff. I mean, like I know that he has said that he cares about that, what people think, but it doesn't stop him at all. Right. And, and he's strong enough to take it. Like for me, one word and I'd be like, I'm done. (laughs) See ya. See, and and that, that can't, he had, I'm not like that anymore. And I'm I'm just getting there. I know you are. I'm getting there to be like, you know what, if this is what I'm supposed to be doing, it's okay. Yeah. You can think that way or you can go that way or whatever. But it can't bring me down. No. Right. And it won't bring me down. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Cliff had feedback um, this past week. He um, posted his talk from Platform and uh, got this um, email or what it was a video from this guy who he doesn't know mm-hmm. and um it was 14 minutes in length the video was okay and said that um was commenting on his talk and said it looked like it was great but i was so distracted by your physical appearance and this guy was a trainer and was you need to not work for seven days and come out to my and I'm probably way messing up the whole story but are you kidding me no come out here and pay me and bring people from your community and all this and I'm like okay that really could have stumbled him but he responded and said you know what I I'm already aware of my physical appearance you know I'm I'm working on a balance I'm I'm working on on this um we don't have the relationship for you to be able to give this kind of feedback correct um and you know that's something that that five years ago would have really stumped him would have really you know stumbled him mm-hmm. but um but i was i was so impressed with the way he handled it and just telling this man you know we are not in a relationship where you can 
absolutely where you can give this kind of feedback and and you know and stuff so that no, is not like going to be of the taking most up your offer but um rude things i've ever heard right. he, okay the, i'm going to go on with that just a little yeah. first of all that's very rude and it that's is. none of that man's i mean if he's really truly concerned because you have to know where people are coming from right. if it's really if he's really concerned about cliff's health he could have well he wasn't he's concerned about his own profit right would be that's my what I said. yeah so whatever but so yesterday i had to go to the doctor uh to get to get my hormones all worked tried out, to get yeah. them worked out you know because you know i've had this hysterectomy and i've been and i have on zero hormones for the past two weeks because something wacky happened with the doctor that i was going to and let me say these past two weeks have not been pretty for me nor my family i'm telling you what the anxiety and the and the depression it's amazing what hormones do for you first oh of goodness. all and i I've had a really rough couple of weeks but from coming from India and then I got sick for a week and I mean really sick mm-hmm. and then no hormones. I, this, holy cow, it has not been pretty around my house at all. Right. I'll just say that. Well, nor has it been pretty on my body. I've, you know, I've, I know I've, my, my jeans are tighter. Um, and I just, I, I don't, and I haven't wanted to exercise for a long while. I just mm-hmm. haven't felt motivated. And so, and one of the biggest stumbling blocks for me in caring about what other people think is my physical appearance. And I hate that. Uh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But getting on the scale at a doctor's office will sometimes will make me sweat like <laughs> profusely. And I was like, like, wait, can I get naked? (laughs) And seriously, I had on boots. I had on a heavy sweater. I had on jeans. I had Uh on a bunch of stuff. And I was like, you know what? Seriously, Sarah, it's weight. Do you know how much what's going on around this world? You know that, you know that, and you're going to step on the scale and it doesn't not, 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 not matter. I, so I get, so I stepped on the scale. I am 10 pounds heavier than I was a while ago. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sitting in the room by myself for, 20 minutes waiting for the doctor and I can just, you know, I'm the thoughts that would have been going through my head a while ago would have been like, you are a heavy cow. <laughs> All these things. I mean, I would have just beat myself up. I'm right. just being really honest and saying the things and you're not attractive. Your husband's not going to, he's not going to find you attractive. You know, think of all these things. I mean, just, it would have been really ugly inside of my head. Plus I still am really low on hormones and all these things. And you know what? I sat there and I was like, in the scheme of things, Sarah, this is not a big deal. Right. Really? Yes, you can't. You do need to. You need to start exercising again. You need to be healthy. That's what it's about. Healthy. Being healthy, making better choices, all of these things. But does your husband find you attractive? Yes, he does. He finds me attractive. And is that what matters? Is that all that matters? Who finds you attractive? Absolutely. Right. And so get healthy, be attractive to your husband and get on with life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, absolutely. I mean, in the scheme of things and what everybody else says about me, they can just go jump out a window if they want to. Exactly. Like, like a, just like a little ledge, not a real no, high window I'm or saying anything. Like a pretty high one. Okay. <laughs> you again, you're the mean one. I'm the nice one. We got that. <laughs> we do. But you know, it's just like those kinds of things don't matter. Right. I mean, I want to be healthy and yeah. I, I know Cliff wants to be healthy, but when somebody's going to come to you and say, Hey, I want to make a buck off of you. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's just so, wrong. Right. Okay. That just makes me mad. I'm sorry. No, 
I didn't mean to make you mad. Well, you know what I mean. It yeah. just aggravates me because it just needs to come it's from a pure place. It does. Anytime um, somebody it's like comes the nerve to of some people and their people's comments. Yeah, people so. need to come from a pure mm-hmm. place. When anytime we come to somebody with absolutely with it needs to come out of a heart of love, care, concern, and relationship. Exactly. And if it's not coming out of that place, it doesn't need to come at all. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. It's two twenty two. Make a wish. Sorry. <laughs> it's 222 here. So yeah. <laughs> here, right now, it is. And um That's funny. That's I, a, that's something Megan would tell me. Yeah. Oh, that's make sweet. a wish because yeah. it's 222. I am I'm just really surprised by that. Yeah. It it was it was quite quite the nerve. Anyway, I'm but, just but I'm really so. So, I'm really that's really cool that, that that's the way that Cliff responded. Yeah. And you know, again, it's all a journey. It and is. all of us have different things that we're really good at Absolutely. and all of us that things that we're passionate about. And, you know, one thing that Cliff might be passionate about, this guy might not, not be passionate be about. Mm-hmm. And we all have strengths and weaknesses and all of this stuff. So I don't know. I wish that we that we could just sit there and not judge each mm-hmm. other that way. And that's just really wouldn't that be great. It would be. I'm hard enough on myself. I don't need somebody pointing out my flaws for me. Exactly. I I promise you. If you think that you have something. I got it covered. Yeah. I, if you think you have something bad to say about me, you should just get inside my head, crawl in there because I'm dealing. I will scare you out. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that if that's what the way I'm dealing with stuff and I'm really, really trying to get healthy and trying to be whole and trying to let, um, let God heal these wounded places in me. Mm then I need to extend grace to a lot of, to everybody else, because if that's the way that I am, then that has to be how most other people are, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I don't need to be throwing stones at a bunch of other people. Right. I got enough issues of my own. Right. Now that doesn't mean that I don't need to grow and change and help and, and encourage other people. And, you know, um, but it has to come out of love and it has to come out of this place of, you know, humility Mm -hmm. and, I don't know. That's just fascinating. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. What people think they can do. Crazy. Crazy. Oh, my goodness. So my daughter will be 14. Yes, my son just and, turned 13. Uh, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm, a, I'm the mother of a teenager. You are. You're the getting ready to be the mother of a 14-year-old girl. Seriously, if you ever felt the need to pray for me, now is probably the time. I I, I get that. It's amazing yeah. what teenage how teenagers change your life. They really do. And here is how I I really um I really do approach parenting Megan with one thought in mind, and that is remembering what I was like as a teenager. Absolutely. There is um there is not very much difference between her and I at that age. Even though Luke's a, is, a, and is, a, is a a young, starting to become a young, young man, man. Mm-hmm. I the same issues, the same, the same, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Struggles. Insecurities. Yeah, insecurities, yeah. All of that. Absolutely. Are there. He wants to be heard. Uh-huh. He doesn't want to be trampled on. He, right. he wants his voice to be known. Yes. And he's trying to become his own person. And that's it's it's so hard to let um, to let them go to become their own person. Yes. 
and um, but at the same time still help guide them a little bit be ready yeah, yeah. and and be there to, when so, they fall mm-hmm. and to be there when they fall and so it's just this it's just it's a weird dichotomy, isn't it? It really is. And it makes my whole dream of walking a tightrope the other night make so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> because I think that might be the way to describe um, how I feel sometimes. But um, just a crazy, insane time mm-hmm. right, now, right now. I, yeah. I'm there with you. And you, you wow. know, it's um, it's amazing. It, just going back to the whole flying thing that God's, he's equipped us. And we're equipping them. We got to let them fly some. Absolutely. But they'll always come back to. And then we have to to trust him to let you know. Yeah. That they'll always come back to the nest. They will because (laughs) she's still my baby. Yeah. 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 She hates when I say that. Well, they love us. Not baby. I'm the oldest. (laughs) You're still my baby. Hey, we are back. We are back, guys. Thank you so much for being patient. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.